Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Stroke TV Show Podcast. We've got a special, special show for you today. We've got Riza, who suffered a massive brainstem stroke, and then her significant soulmate, other Jason, and who is also an international best-selling author. But we're going to get right into the show because I am really excited about it. So let me bring Deborah Swayze, my co-host. Here's Deborah. Hey, everybody. This is going to be a fun day it show. Today. Be fun. Now, you will notice that Jason and Marisa are wearing hats. Thank you. Well, for you me. just gave it away, Aaron. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, Hey guys, you, you, we 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 saw we see you guys. We watch your shows. You know, we watch you guys with your hats, and we thought, you know what, we need to wear, our hats, wear our hats too. at least it. at least for the beginning. But but I, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to get the Aaron yeah, going, and I just I can't do it. Yeah, that's the CEO flip. Ah. Yeah. Well, the boss hat has a square front. The boss hat. Oh the boy, does he have the to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys oh, for having us. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's really great. Why don't you guys start by introducing yourself? I'll let you do it. You, you okay, introduce well, yourself. <laughs> I'm going to take my hat off for that. <laughs> Thank you guys for Eddie. having us. This is, this is amazing. You guys, literally, we've been watching your show for a while now and I'm just blown away at the inspiration that you guys bring to the world and the the um, collaborations that you guys have brought together so that uh, other stroke survivors and not just stroke survivors just people in general I mean they just can feel like they can thrive after listening to you guys and it's 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 amazing what you guys are doing so yes. thank you guys for having us Yes, oh, we're so honored to have you guys. <laughs> so, yeah. so we are we are Jason and Brisa. Um, I'm going to let Brisa share first because she is the you know the 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 star. She's, she is the angel. Yes, she is the, the inspiration. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you guys. Thank you guys. It's pretty amazing to be here. And I mean, honestly, I never would have thought that my life would have turned in this direction. I mean, who would have thought? I'm not just a stroke survivor, but I'm now an international best-selling author. Number one. And number, number one, one international one. best-selling author. I've shared my story around the world. It's been printed in many different languages. It's like, you know, it's shared on Doctor's TV show. It's shared in Women's World magazine. It's shared in all these different um, avenues where I never thought my life would be going. I mean, I was a hairstylist. I was working i worked in new york i worked in santa monica i was the beauty industry was my life i never thought that anything would change that but the universe had a different plan and so that plan ended i ended up in a new york city hospital and i was in this hospital listening to the doctors pretty much pronounce my fate one second let's back up a little bit so Brisa walked into the hospital. She was going to be on stage the next morning. 
or that same day, was it the same day? Next day. Next day. So she walked into the hospital and she had uh, what she thought was was allergies. Her face yeah. was swollen, you know, her lips were swollen. She says, I need to be wow. on stage. I, I need you to fix this. Yeah, <laughs> it was because I was, I you know, worked in the beauty industry and I was gonna be presenting on stage and, and like with a mic and people are gonna be looking at me. And meanwhile, I was looking like Quasimodo, like my face was swollen wow. and I was like, this is, this is not right. So I went to the hospital um, the day before and I asked them, I didn't even know what was wrong with me. I just asked them, I don't know what's wrong, but can you fix this? And they, they were like, okay, right this way. And I went straight to the back. I mean, there was a full, a room full of people. And I thought, man, this is going to take forever. But they took me right to the back. And so they had me filling out paperwork. They gave me a gown to change into and I was like it is really not that serious like I'm 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 busy I don't I'm not planning on staying here um, and all of a sudden they all start talking about me to each other the doctors wow. are in talking front about of front of in you. front of me yeah in That's front of me so i thought that was bizarre like why aren't they answering me i would talk to them and they would they would say does she have anything on under this gown and and i i would answer but they wouldn't respond um they just kept talking about me but not to me wow i didn't understand that a car accident came in and there was a young boy that had just got in a car accident and he looked pretty bad in bad shape and I thought there's no reason for them to be working on me they should be working on him so mm -hmm. I, I don't understand that and so I told them like go help him I'm fine but again they ignored me and they just kept working on me oh. and people were all around me and they closed the curtain and I'm like it is not that serious well come to find out I was talking to them, but they couldn't hear me because at that point I was already had my stroke and I had already had um, developed locked in syndrome and I was oh. essentially locked in my own body. So things were coming in, but I couldn't express that they were coming in or I couldn't express myself. Mm -hmm. So I was basically an, a vegetable locked in my body. And a few days later, I woke up in the hospital and my mother got there first. Uh, my friends. She woke up, but she was still locked in. Yes, I, I didn't realize that though. So my mom got there. My friends were there from New York because I used to live in New York. So I had all, all of my friends taking care of me before my mom flew from California to New York. So they're all there waiting to hear the news. And I hear the doctors pretty much tell her what my condition is. And and that's kind of the first time I started understanding it because I was still very confused. Why is no one answering me? Why is no one talking to me? Why why don't they understand? Like, I'm okay, I'll be fine. I'm, nobody's talking to me. And- That's scary. My, it was, it was. And I just, I didn't understand it. It's not that I, I was kind of getting mad they were not listening to me yeah and then then my mom got there and i heard them tell my mom your daughter had a stroke and she developed something called locked in syndrome where she's essentially locked in her own body 
And of course, nobody understood and they tried to explain it to her, took her to another room and they tried to explain it to her there with um, my friends and everybody. And they told her that I had a less than 1% chance to recover. And I took that as there's a chance. There's my mom took that as there's a chance. Like everybody realized, like it's not <clears throat> hopeless. There's even if there's a less than one percent chance. I mean, you're about to have a speaker talking about the faith of a mustard seed uh, a little bit later, right? Yeah. So that's all. I, that's mm. all I needed, and it's all I needed. Just a little bit of hope, and yeah. I used that hope. And while I was laying there unconscious well all to their um the, what they saw that i was unconscious but i was very conscious but i just couldn't express it i was in your mind you were conscious in my mind, yeah. yes in my mind mm -hmm. i was i was like i'm okay mom but i couldn't say anything so i would mm -hmm. do little things like you know my mom would do things for me and i thought she was the only one that could hear me because i would be laying there and i would start to get cold <clears throat> and my mom would say are you cold baby you want a blanket and she would Put a blank, an extra blanket on me, and I'm like, oh, mother's she mother's could intuition. Hear me, absolutely. She, it's not that she couldn't could hear me. She just mother's intuition. She knew oh that I was, or she would say, I think she's hungry, and I'm like, yes, I am hungry, and oh, yeah. they would come and they fed oh, me yeah, through it too. Yeah, I I did too when I think about it. Um, but yeah, they would come over and they would just feed me direct. And it was crazy because I had a, a feeding tube. So they would just come in and they would fill it up. And yeah. then all of a sudden I would be full. I, I wouldn't eat. Well, not full, but not hungry. Right. right. So it was amazing. Chicken enchiladas in a bag. That's what I, that's what I would envision. <laughs> I kept, I kept I thinking. Yet, they, they would feed, feed me through the tube. And I would think this is pizza. This is pizza. Go ahead. Wow, wow. That's incredible. But, so now my mom finally gets there and or finally is is um, working with the doctors. The doctors are allowing her. She played um, audiobooks. She played, um, you know, uh, music that would try to help me bring raise my spirits she made sure that every single person that entered my room was speaking nothing but positivity uh nobody she didn't want anybody to lose it and cry and um she just wanted everybody to talk to me as if i was going to be okay so when everybody came to me they're like brisa when you are out of this joint we are going to go to the movies we're going to go do this we're going to do that so it made me excited to want to get better because I knew what my future was. Yep. That's that what she did was huge because you know when when things like this when a traumatic event happens to somebody how many people automatically go to the negative how many people automatically go to you know and I'm never going to be the same again and then they 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 subconsciously accept that fate. And yeah. By by her mom doing this, by her mom stopping everybody at the door saying you're you're not going in that room unless you're going to be positive. That what I she did it. was was huge because very easily people could have gone in there and they could have been crying and they could have been like, oh, my God, you know, she's never going to be the same again. And and, you know, who knows what her recovery would no. have been like if that was the case. That would have been um, talking to my subconscious and mm -hmm. I might have believed Absolutely. it. 
but I didn't believe it because none of that was in my room. None of that. I mean, it was all positivity speak, speak like everybody was speaking to me in positivity, even my nurses, even the janitors, they would come around and they would, they would, uh, they would ask my mom and I would hear them. They would ask my mom if I could, there was this sweet Jamaican lady and she was taking the trash out, you know, many times. And she asked my mom, can I pray over her? And my mom was like, of course. So I remember hearing that. And I just remember hearing all of this positivity around me and so much love. And I, at first I didn't do it for me. At first I did it for everyone else. Everyone had so much hope and I needed to get, get that. I needed to tap into that hope. But at first I did it for them. I first, I wanted them to see me happy, healthy, and whole. Then later I realized this is not just for them, this mm-hmm. is for me too. So I started focusing on that and listening to all the positive things that my mom was playing. Like she played the audiobook, The Secret, and The Secret, um, focuses on the law of attraction and what you focus on grows. Mm-hmm. And I heard the voice of a woman by the name of Lisa Nichols. And she said, the first step is to ask, make a command to the universe because the universe responds to your thoughts. Well, thoughts were all I had. Mm-hmm. And if all I have are my thoughts, then I realized I needed to clean up my thoughts. And so I did. And I thought of nothing but healing. So I never once doubted that I wasn't going to make it. I didn't doubt that I was going to ever walk again, live again, breathe again on my own. Like I knew that I was going to be okay. Maybe the doctors, maybe everybody around, maybe they thought it was a little far-fetched, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter what everybody else thought. It mattered what I, how I made up my mind. I made up my mind. I was going to be okay. And I stopped at nothing. So, so what, what Brisa did there was from the very beginning was got herself into a victor mentality and getting yourself into that victor mentality when you're going through an event like that in your life is, is huge because if we keep ourselves in a victim mentality, we're not going to grow in anything in life. Mm-mm. And by her getting Absolutely. herself shifting her perspective and shifting her mindset into that victor mentality, miracles happen. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if I focused on all the negative, I would just attract more of the negative. I needed to attract more of what I wanted and not what 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 was right in front of me. I think so many times people go around their life thinking about all of the the um, negative that is circling their life, you know, Mm -hmm. and as a result of that, they're attracting more of it. And so I did the opposite. I thought of nothing but greatness. I thought of nothing but what I wanted. My mom did something for me. She played um, uh, or put a picture or like, like a vision board. Uh, She didn't realize it was a vision board, but she put me in a health, happy, healthy state of what, and I kept looking at that, like, that's what I want. I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. So I looked at that vision board every day and I made myself 
just consumed by that image of me walking and talking and living. And I would play movies in my head, like me walking into into the movies with my friends, going to dinner with my friends. What am I going to do? Walking apart, walking my dog, whatever. I played these movies in my head and like what it was going to look like once it happened so that I knew it was going to happen and it happened. So going back, I was laying in the hospital bed, still not moving, still in a vegetative state, still with looking at a less than 1% chance, still having the machines breathing for me. The odds were not looking good. The odds, every everybody was flying in from all over to come say goodbye to me. And I disagreed. And I remember listening over and over. I would repeat, you know, what I, what I would hear in with from, uh, Lisa. from Lisa Nichols. Mm -hmm. Um, make a command to the universe because the universe responds to your thoughts. Mm -hmm. I needed to keep doing that. The universe responds to my thoughts. And if thoughts were all I had, I need to focus on them to move again. And little by little, imagine it was like, um, I, okay. So I, I was able to get my family to realize that I was in my body and I could hear them. They were all kind of in the corner talking. And I wanted to be a part of that conversation. And so I kept moving and they kept noticing I was moving. And they're like, is she moving? They kept on talking and they would come back and is she moving? Is she just mm -hmm. flickering? Like she's moving. And my mom came in, she starts asking me, you could hear me move, move your hand, move your hand, something. And I was able to, show her that I was listening to her by a flicker of my pinky. And that flicker of my pinky was huge. And my mom was so excited and she ran and told the doctors and the nurses and doctors, they listened to her and they're like, ma'am, I know you want to believe that she's moving, but those movements are involuntary. And it makes me think about how many times do we put so much work into something that we're trying to make happen and it just goes unnoticed. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, you know, like everybody has to start somewhere, right? Stroke TV had to start somewhere. It was a flicker of a pinky and mm -hmm. not everybody notices it, but it doesn't matter that everybody notices. It matters that you just keep flickering that pinky. Mm -hmm. So the, the doctors came back in and they're like, okay, my mom was relentless. Like she's a local Latin mother. And she was yeah, like, you, gonna, you, you guys gotta, go gotta check, check my, daughter. my daughter. So they came back, they checked me and all of them, were kind of my family was around the doctors were the the nurses everybody was there and they're like okay brisa your mom says you're moving show us a sign that you're moving and uh, imagine it was it was like an energy beam coming from my brain through the barricade in my pons my brain stem all the way down to my arm and then past my elbow and then it just kind of started loading like a computer wow. loading, you know, the circle yeah. it was just loading there, loading. And I'm like, come on, I just needed more energy. I needed something. Well, 
there, one of the doctors said, I'm sorry, she's not doing it. And I was like, oh, my, you're right. I'm not. And that energy beam started retracting back because that's what happens. Sometimes <clears throat> we put our faith in other people. We need to put it in ourselves. Yeah, yeah limiting, limiting, limiting beliefs can come from outside influences. And this was a perfect example of that. She almost didn't do it because of an outside influence. Yeah. Wow. But, but I was able to make that like spinning wheel. You brought Finally it back. disappear. And I was able to make that energy beam reach my pinky and flicker my pinky one more time. That sent the whole room and it just, they erupted. Everybody, the doctors, yeah. the, my family, everybody, because that little flicker of pinky was the first sign of my recovery. And also it gave everyone hope. hope. And I think when you have hope you can make miracles happen you know and that pinky was next it was my hand then my arm then the right side of my body <clears throat> the left side came later but every single thing that i've done <clears throat> whether it be walking again to writing an international number one bestseller <laughs> they were flicker Pink, uh, pinky flickers. That's it. I was just yeah. flickering my pinky. It was little baby steps that I keep doing over and over and over again. And it compounds and it makes mm -hmm. amazing results. Celebration. We, we just have to celebrate the little, the small moves, the little the, small yeah. moves, because if we don't, we just look back and there's, I'm sure Aaron, Deborah, you guys have talked to other stroke survivors and yeah, but I'm not doing this. Yeah, right. I'm doing this, but I'm not doing that. Yeah. And and because you're not celebrating where you are right now, you're not gonna get over there. You're focusing you're on the focusing, lack. Yeah, you're only focusing on the lack. And Jason talks about this a lot with um his clients and and I listen to all the things that he's talking about and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna talk to my stroke survivors about that because it's so important. Celebration is so important on the things that you are doing now to celebrate it so you can do more later. And and as you know, in return, you're gonna re attract a lot more. And and that's and that's what you did. That's what Brisa did during her recovery. Every little milestone that she made along the way, she was celebrating and not celebrating like throwing a big party or, or right. doing a cocktail or this or that. It was just it's something in her mind, you know what? Oh my God, I did this. Yeah. I'm gonna keep doing things like this instead of you know, the other perspective, which would be, you know, oh, yeah, but I'm not, but I'm not walking like I used to, or yeah, I'm not moving my arm like I used to. But she constantly over and over and over celebrated every single little move that she made along the way, which in turn made her want it even more. Yep. Well, every, that, that attitude is huge. Yes. That is every huge. Time, every time she would go back to the doctors throughout the years, to, to her, her doctor throughout the years. And, and she'd go back to her checkups. The doctor would say, you know what? You're, you're doing so amazing, but this is probably as good as it's gonna get for you. Yeah. And she would say, no, watch me. That, that happens so watch much. Me. Like, if you think about it, I've heard so many cases of so many stroke survivors going back and, and the doctors telling them, this is great, but this is probably as good as it's going to get. 
I hate that. Well, who are you to put that limiting belief on me? I'll do, I'll do what I can. And when I'm done, when I give up, that's on me. It's, right. it's not on anybody else. That's on me. Well, I chose not to give up. And I, I didn't care how long it took me, how hard it was. I was just going to keep going. Just like oh, Aaron gets up there and walks all the time. Yep. He's walking by his pool all the time. I mean, he could have given up. He could have just said, eh, these are the cards that were dealt to me. No, you got to keep working on it. It doesn't yeah. matter how long. I mean, every time I would go back into the, like Jason was saying, I would walk, I would go in in a wheelchair. Then next, I mean, he would say, this is as good as it can get. Next, it was a walker, then a cane. And then mm -hmm. I was walking unassisted. And always, this is as good as it's going to get. But then the last time I was like, I just ran a 5K, a 10K. I, I'm not going to allow other people's limiting beliefs let them hold me hostage. I, oh my I God. Like Beautiful advice, you guys. Beautiful. And you know, when you talked about the, being happy and enjoying celebrating those moments, we have a guest that said something that really struck me is find the present in your present. Absolutely. Because there's always a gift there. If it's not a milestone it's a lesson it's always yeah. something yeah that's, that's i love so that true. i heard you say that yesterday i think it was on one of your facebook lives and and I when i heard it. that i was like "Ooh, that that's that's good that's yeah really good. And that's, I know. Just shifting, that's just yeah. shifting your perspective that's yeah. really just shifting your perspective on something because if you take anything that happens to you in life anything that happens to you in life you got two ways to look at it it's either negative or it's either positive and just by shifting that perspective into the positive, you can find that present in your present. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but, uh, hey, let's pause for a minute and we'll acknowledge my guest. Okay. Audience member. Of course, this is a favorite artist member of mine. Awesome. His wife. <laughs> I knew it. Really, what we are doing together. What we are doing is we're impacting non-stroke people. My wife is just the one that disturbed, but she's inspired by our conversation. And you know, I, I want to acknowledge that I asked Breeze if I could bring this up because I think support is so critical in the early stages. I have great support. And I'm going to do a show with Deborah now and tell her about it. But she's going to be me and I'm going to tell my story. Mm -hmm. But I watch a video of your dad, Brisa, yeah. and your dad, was, his energy was off the hook. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, eyes, in his eyes, there was a smile, an energy, and this coming, the being out of his eyes. He sang, he danced, he loved, you could tell he was full of passion. Yeah. And I could see his attitude in you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he, her, her father was the most passionate person that I've ever met in my life. Yeah. He, was, he, was. he was truly, truly a wonderful soul. He was. He was an amazing man, and he was a reason... He he's 
he was the reason that I had so much will to live. I mean, he, I think we talked about it earlier, Aaron, like um, there's a chapter in my book, it's called Ganas. And yeah. Ganas translated in English is will, sheer will. And it's something that he would always tell me. He would say, echale ganas, like give it all you've got. Give it all you got because don't, he didn't like when people would do things half-assed and, <laughs> and it was always, he's like, you've got to just give it your all, do, do what you can. And I just took that and I ran with it. And my dad helped me throughout my, both of my parents helped me throughout my recovery and my brothers, like we're very close family and all of them didn't. I mean, they loved me. They they were always there for me, but they also uh, didn't give me any breaks. So yeah. <laughs> there, there was times where I was, you know, I, I'm I'm in a walker, and I would ask my mom. I'm on the couch, and I would say, "Mom, can you can you get me a glass of water?" And I would she would say, "Yeah, you can you can go." You can get <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Mom, it's gonna take me a half an hour I to walk it. to the fridge." Oh and she my would God, say, "Well, I, I guess it. it's gonna take you half an hour." So I'd walk to the fridge, get my glass of water, and I'm thinking, "Now how am I gonna how am I gonna walk back with it?" With and she would water. say, "Okay, I'll take it back to you. You could go sit down." And I'm like, "Oh wow!" And I would look at my dad, and he would. Yep. Just you, like you know, sorry. I, this this is this is during Bruce's recovery. I I, I kind of have you know, I'm upset that I wasn't there during this time, and then at the same time I'm grateful. You know, it's it's shifting that perspective, finding the the gratitude in the situation. Yes. I'm grateful because I know that if I was in her life at this time, even though we've known each other since we were 15, we've only started dating two years ago, and. I, I really find the gratitude in this situation during this time because I know that if I was there in her life, I would have done everything for her. for her. I would have gotten her water. I would have gotten, you know, gotten her dressed. I would have tied her shoes. Her mom wasn't like that. Her mom mm -mm. made her do things for herself. Her mom put an oven mitt on her working side to force her to visualize and use imagery to use her non-working side. That wow. was... Let me tell you guys, that was just so frustrating, but so worth it. Mm -hmm. I mean, because as stroke survivors, we have one operating hand. So we do everything with that one operating hand. I mean, at first I had both of my sides were not working. So now that I had gained the mobility of my right side, I was using that for everything. And my mom would help me sit in front of the you know, and, and on the couch. And then she would put an oven mitt on the, on my working mm. fully operating end. And she would put an oven mitt and she would say, well, I, I looked at, it, I'm like, what am I going to do now? And she said, <laughs> well, I guess, I guess you gotta get your other side to work. Yep. And I'm like, mom, that is, I can barely move it. Well, you got to move it if you want to change the channel or if you want to. Oh my God, I love it. So I love her. It was the hardest thing, but you know what? It worked. It worked. I was, I was able to connect my brain to my hand that was not working, and I was able to make that work. Mm -hmm. That the small because the small movements was the hardest for me, because mm -hmm. I could turn it, but I couldn't move my fingers. 
And the I couldn't find motor scales. Find motor scales. So changing the channel, texting my friends. What if I really wanted it? I was gonna have to figure out a way to do yeah. it because she put that oven mitt, and I would take it off sometimes. You know, sneak it <laughs> off, and she would say, "Brisa, put that oven mitt back." Okay. <laughs> back on and so little things like that would help me my brothers would do things like play jenga and i would have to use my left hand to stack them you know and stack them neatly so they were very unconventional like pickup sticks and things, things like that you know that you wouldn't really think of or pushing a cart at the grocery store pushing the cart and then they would say, okay, I'm gonna take the cart for a little bit, try to walk a little, and they would guide me. Right. But just little things like that um, helped me in my recovery. And when people ask me, so what did you do to get from where you were then to where you are now? And I it's did. not any one thing, it's everything. But the one thing that I can tell you that helped me the most was changing my mindset from a victim mentality to a victor mentality. There is no option B. There is I no love option. That. Really? I love that. Really? Let me stop you guys for a minute because I have an idea. Uh, would your mom come on with you one day to my I'll care try. We will. We will try. I'll try. <laughs> wow. She gets embarrassed and she doesn't like me, but I'll try. I mean, she was on the doctor's TV show and that was a challenge to try to get her because they really wanted it from her perspective. I don't know if you've ever seen the- link, I did see that. Yeah. And it, I mean, they wanted it from her perspective for the most part, but she fought it and fought it and fought it. She's like, it's-, it's Well, you know, it, we can put her in- we can put her in a silhouette if she feels more comfortable and put her. I think I can work on her. Breeza, oh we, we have a question from Melania's member named Liz Otto. Yeah. How long, how long was your recovery? I'm still recovering now. Yeah. When did you start? I guess when she's asking, yeah, and it's really, you. And I want to, I want to touch on this. I know why Liz is asking. I've been done with shop for 11 years. How long does it take to, to recover from shop? Well, every, every stroke is different. Every stroke every, is different. Are you odds coming out of your LAS, your Lodin syndrome? It's got to be, I mean, it's, it's a miracle what you've been wishing come out of. I've been doing this seven years. So I've never heard of anybody coming out of LAS. Like the hands you. Yeah, I have, we have one more person that's going to be coming on, Erin. I think you forgot I had mentioned I met her. She's in Australia. And she came out of it. Pretty much the same type of push and drive like Brisa. But I think a lot of it has to do is when you have the stroke, how long you're left with that going on before you get treatment because like in Katie Benderhoven's um, yeah. situation, they put her off and sent her home days on end while she was stroking yeah. out, stroking out because they thought she was doing drugs. She was a model, top of her career, young, you know, 28 years old or something like that. They thought she was doing drugs and they kept sending her home. So, yeah. you know, 
it's, it's well, all so different, guys. Factor, yeah. I, I want to go back to Liz's question. Um, Brisa was locked in for about three weeks. Um, her physical recovery lasted years. Yeah. It's, it's ongoing. Yeah. I'm still working through deficits. I just choose not to focus on them. I mean, what yeah, are your deficits? What I, are they now, Brisa? I have I have short term memory. Brain I fog. Have, um, brain fog. Uh, I have I I'm I've been battling. Well, my aphasia was pretty uh, significant after my. Uh, when I started speaking, because I was tricked for so long, the machines were breathing for me. But once I was able to talk, I realized I had aphasia. And um, that's when the doctors were working with me. But uh, little by little, I started repeating uh, commercials. I was working on on my words, uh, co connecting them. I still have problems with them. Not like I used to, um, but it's still obvious. Maybe when I'm tired, when I'm, when it's late at night, when I have too much going on in my mind. Um, that's why I'm so incredibly impressed at Aaron because all that you do, I I'm just in awe of everything that you do regardless. And I think there's so many people out there that don't do because of their deficits. Yeah. They don't do because of it. Yeah. And I think if you just do it regardless, do it over and over. I mean, you can go back, Aaron, to your very first one that you did. And even then I noticed a difference from when you first started doing this to where you are now. And I think that a lot of people need to realize it, it's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. a marathon. Absolutely. And there's, there's, there's some other deficits too. Like, like Brisa has an issue with numbers. Oh yeah. She doesn't understand the value of numbers. So that's, that's one of the things so that, that plays that, in. Yeah. Like when we go to the grocery store, when we, when we go to target or something, she's just, She's just throwing stuff in the cart and throwing stuff in the cart because she doesn't have the value of numbers. <laughs> and then okay. after that's kind of a woman thing. <laughs> yeah, so, so I follow behind her and, and as the cart's He's going like, up, I'm taking, out. <laughs> I'm taking things out. But I'm that's like, what? No. But honestly, it's true. Like I I don't and, and a lot of people don't understand it because I look fine now. I mean it's been years, but um I look fine. I look physically okay so nobody really understands when i'm at the counter and i don't understand what they, they just now that jason's here he helps me a lot but before you know someone would give me a total and if i had cash i didn't know how to pay them so i would just hold all of my money and yeah, i would give it to them and i would say mm -hmm. just take what you need mm -hmm. and they would look at me crazy but i didn't want to hold up the line so i would just trust them um if if i had a little more time i would work on on figuring it out um but also other things like when people would say you just fill fill your name right here. Well, normally when they ask you to sign your name after there's a date where you're supposed to put yeah. the date. Numbers. Well, those are numbers. I don't know. So I don't know what month we're in, what date we're in, what year we're in. And they would say, oh, it's, it's the 27th. And I would say, okay, 27th. What does that yeah. mean? Just 27th? No, I right. need to know the month. And they would say, 
you know, the month. So I would write it, write it out. And then I would look at him. What year are we in? You know, it, people don't understand that, mm-hmm. that, that numbers were like such a big deal to me. So phone yeah. numbers, addresses, um, you know, anything like if I was supposed to remember a locker number, I wouldn't remember that. Um, uh, it, I, it's, there's, you don't realize how much numbers play yeah. into your life. Yeah. And that's huge. I never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. Let me say something. Something we all are coming back to is mindset. Yeah. And I'm going to play a little commercial created that deals with this. Take a look. I stroke, but I'm still here. That's great. That yeah. is the- <laughs> that is actually our tagline that we're going to build a moment, the moment on. I love that's it. great. Can I ask, let me ask Breeza a question before I forget, because that's with me as a, I used to do shows all the time and be able to just zigzag and come right back to where yeah, I started. I'm the same Can't way. do that yep. anymore. Yep. So if I'm interrupting, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. It's just that if I don't remember it, I won't. If I don't say it, I won't remember it. What would be a, um, some advice that you would give to someone who is seeing someone struggle who looks normal? Like, let's say you're at that register. How would you tell that lady to treat someone? Should they ask? Should they question? Can I help you? Is something wrong? Or should they just, what would you recommend? I think for me, what's helped me is just sheer honesty. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Be open about about your deficit. So many people hold those inside. But if you're open about it, then we'll find out that, you know what, people will understand because you think that they're not. You think that they're going to judge you or look at you a certain way. But as soon as you talk about your deficits and talk about what happened to you, then you'll realize, you know what, there are many, many people, not not all, but most people out there will help you. They want to help. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think also it gives you the opportunity to inspire other people Mm -hmm. because you are doing it regardless. And when you share your story, when you share your truth, it, it gives other people the opportunity to breathe and step back and realize their one, their life is, is great and they need to celebrate it because things could be worse. And the, I think when you start talking about it, there's been times where I've, it, it, in the beginning when I would share my story, it would, it would scare me how other people would react. And and it, I didn't realize that I could be at the grocery store or wherever the the bank teller, and I would say I'm sorry, I had a stroke and I don't understand numbers, and 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 immediately they're like, oh that's okay, and then they're mm-hmm. like, wow. You're so young. What happened? What caused it? What, you know, they want to know. So I would go into it a little bit and I would share just a little smidgen of my story. And, and all of a sudden they would start crying and, and it was like impacting them exactly 
the way it was supposed to. The oh, I, I said that. exactly what I was supposed to say, and I didn't know, but it was almost like my spirit was telling me what to tell them. And I, love it. I shared it with them, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, I really needed to hear that right now. In the beginning, yeah. it used to scare me. I used to think, oh my God, I'm telling people my story and, it's, and they're, you know, crying mm -hmm. and they're, you know, it was scary. But I realized that my story is not always from me. Mm -hmm. And I honestly feel like stroke survivors, we are superheroes. And going out there sharing just a little tidbit of what we're doing and just walking from the parking lot to the the store if if we're in a you know a wheelchair or walking with a walker walking with the cane walking with a limp and we're seeing a, a, another a, another person is seeing a stroke survivor make that journey inspiration and it's inspiration and they're thinking if they can do that then I can do this. And it's bringing share, awareness too. It is. If I can share that with anyone, then I'm doing my job. Then I'm doing what I need to do. And I want to be able to inspire people directly and indirectly. And so that people can realize not to give up. Yep. Not just our people, not just our stroke survivors, our people, but just anyone in general, just don't give up. There's so much more out there. And I think that if we focus on our deficits, we're just gonna be attracting more of them. But if we celebrate what we're doing, what we have been doing, what we've accomplished, people are, they're just, they gravitate to us. And they Absolutely. see like, how are you doing this? Or just sharing a little bit, like about to check out. I'm sorry, I have a brain injury. Um, I, I have a problem with numbers. You're going to have to help That's me out. Amazing. Oh my God, they want to help you. They want to yeah. do whatever they can. The right yeah. way. People are naturally giving people. They're yeah. naturally givers. And they want and to I help. taught my kids that. I taught my kids that. Yeah. Well, me being a nurse for 40 years, I saw so much um, hardship and, and disabilities and people struggling. And, and I used to tell my kids, if you see someone and you're in a group of friends, I don't want you to point and question and giggle or just stare, go over and say, Hey, what happened? I want to know so I can help you. And my kids were little and they used to go up to people in the wheelchair. Sometimes they drove me crazy. It was too much, but we, we finally figured out the, the, the good balance, but they would go up and they'd go, what happened? I want to help you. You know? And I was like so proud of them. And that's what we need to do as survivors is teach other people adults because kids will say what's wrong with you why is your nose like that or you know we're as adults we don't we figure oh it's none of my business i don't want to say anything please say something ask if you can yeah. help me yeah. You know, and kids and, are the most honest when it comes to that. Yeah. When I had, I've had seven surgeries on my airways because the airways keep getting smaller. And every year I get another surgery. Yeah, she, on average, she and, has one once a year. And wow. And when it starts getting really, really tight, um, you could hear my breathing. It gets, it sounds like it's very difficult for me to even just walk across the room. And my niece would always ask me, why do you sound like that? 
Well, <laughs> I wish that most people just because as adults, we stop asking. We just start yeah. assuming. And assu assumption is when we mess up. When we start assuming that a person is the way they are because of whatever we make up in our mind. No, we have to ask them. If we don't want to ask them, mind your business and keep yes. on walking. <laughs> right? right? So, so true. I love it. Right? So I don't know. I think kids are the most honest. And they ask, why are you breathing like that? Why do you have a scar on your neck? What right. happened? Why can't yeah. we do that? We Why should be able because to do that. You never know. You might get inspired by another adult sharing their short journey of whatever it is that they went through or whatever. And then all of a sudden we're inspired to live yeah. the rest of our lives just from that little tidbit. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you guys. Yeah, I think it's the kind of said I want to say something. Because that commercial really says it all. The biggest wall we're going to climb in our life is stroke survivors and non-stroke people. Biggest mm -hmm. wall in life is the one we build our own mind. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest wall we're going to climb. That's the one that tells us, I can't do this, I can't do that. They're going to think of change. There's the walls that we're building. We need to learn to embrace life, embrace yeah. who we are what we are and there's virus of what we are yes as as humans aaron as humans our brains are designed to focus on the lack mm -hmm. within our lives yeah to focus on the lack and the only way to get around that is to consistently and constantly bombard our system with new thoughts that create new emotions that's the only way to get over that. And and it's all about perspective. Just like I was saying earlier, if something happens to you, there's either one way you look at it in, in a negative state or in a positive mm -hmm. state. What we're looking for is to change the emotion. So you can take that thought and think, okay, this happened to me. Not, not it didn't happen to me. It, it happened, happened for me. me. Why did this happen to me? This happened, happened to me so I can inspire the masses with my story. Mm -hmm. When you can change that thought, you create that new emotion. Yeah. And if you do yeah. that over and over and over again, you can get yourself into that positive state, living oh, consistently in that positive mm -hmm. state. Yeah. Let me tell you guys a story, Brisa. You're gonna you're gonna get such a kick out of this. I met a lady last week, and we are going to collaborate. We don't know the details of how and what, but this is her husband suffered for ten years. I'm not gonna give away her story, just real quick. Okay with being misdiagnosed when he didn't have to. It was a simple thing that could have switched if people had listened and paid attention to him. But so she decided she created a line of clothing because through his healing, she realized that she she ran across the Japanese uh, art form where they put gold in the cracks in the vases. Yes, I love that. And she realized that you can create beauty from from things that are broken. broken. And we're not necessarily broken. We just need right. to be repaired and more beautiful. Created a line. All her gowns and her jewelry and her scarves all have this gold crack through That's it. That's great. And she said someday, and we want to help her, she wants to know have everybody wearing a piece of that clothing, whether it's a purse or a baseball hat for men or, mm. or jackets. That way you can go up to that person and say, you're a survivor. 
I know you I were broken. And now I know you are fixed. And she yes. said, that's what she wants. Isn't that? Part? I love that. On the show, Deborah. When, huh? When, She's going to be on. She's going to be on next month. That's amazing. I love that. Yes. I love Isn't messages that like that. That's amazing. I, I think yeah. that, you know what? I, we have this, um, we have on our brand, like we have these bracelets that say no more bad days. I love we it. wear them and a lot of our people, like our friends and family and um, our people buy them on our website. But I started wearing, I started saying it over and over and over again, no more bad days because I wanted to believe that we can have bad moments in our days, but we can't let that moment be our whole day because then it'll turn into a bad week, a bad month, a bad year. And then eventually we are living a life that, uh, right. We're living this unfulfilled life because all we're doing is focusing on the negative. Mm -hmm. But when we focus on the positive, um, we start to have no more bad days and we start to realize like, Oh, that was just a bad moment. I'm going to yeah. let that go and continue having my good day. Mm -hmm. So no more bad days is that. And I, I will, will have this on and sometimes I'll be at the market and I'll see someone wearing my bracelet or you know at the at a restaurant or something and i think that's awesome i yeah. just i just love that 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 message is resonating i so love that that's message. Cool. Yeah. i i love the oh, message you or, or like we walk around and we, we carry them with us we'll, yeah. we'll have extras and we have a card that comes along with it and it, it has a breakdown of what the message is mm -hmm. and there's been times that we see somebody that is having a bad moment yeah. And then we'll come up to them and give them the card with a bracelet. And they're like, oh, oh my God. God. You know, yeah. It's, like it's they, needed, they needed to hear it at that yeah. moment. Um, they needed yeah. to, to have it. And I, and I feel like when you tell them, when you talk to them about the message behind <sighs> the No More Bad Days bracelet, and it makes them realize that it is just a moment. It is not their day. And in the card, it talks about you got to breathe and just touch your positively filled bracelet just it's got positive energy in it yeah. just stop and breathe and and start to Re remember remember that this is just a moment it's not just a day that. It's not i a love day. that yeah, yeah. so and I've that's people... kind of yeah and that's kind of the message that i got from this lady which was really cool yeah. and she said people people go she said for a long time they thought it was just them and they were very private couples so they didn't want to share or get sympathy and they right. felt that they were closed in alone in this darkness and she said by doing these the this line of clothing and hats and purses we want to be able to have everybody visualize around us how many of us are truly broken when you start seeing how yes. many people Yes. You know, right. and, and you won't ever feel so alone. You can go up to someone and ask them, I see you're wearing, um, I forgot what the name Fine. of your line of clothing is, but you're wearing this, you know, uh, I'm a survivor too. And start communicating, start talking yes. and supporting one another. What's the bearer of ideas, but show us we're down the last few minutes of the show. What? No, I know, I know. Oh my God. Yeah, amazing. Oh, oh my God. God, we need a part two, we'll, guys. We'll have Paula Bridge and Jason back on. I know I've asked 
Mun Jason, once you get back on, I'll meet the professional. We saw my butcher book and stuff. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. So, but you know, if there's anybody that can need this video, please share, like this video, please subscribe to our Stroke TV YouTube channel. Super important. But I did want, you know, there's one thing playing over and over, man. No box. Let me, let me say it this way. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. That's if right. you focus on the negative in your life, I don't care if you're stroking or non stroking but if you focus on the lack or focus on the negative, that is where your energy of life will go. Yep. So you actually can decide, like Jason said, those are two types of energy in this world. And I can, I can I confidently speak the entire globe. There's only two types of energy, either positive energy or negative energy. So choose carefully which which one you choose is the one your life will reflect. Yeah. That's as, right. as Lisa Nichols says, you are the author and you are the designer of your own destiny. That's oh, I love that. I love right, that. Right, right, man. Lisa, oh my God, I can't believe this is over. We've got to do a part two. We have to yeah, because yeah. I really, hey, I want everybody to hear your story of how you both are authors and and how you are building a community and what you're doing to give back, which is just incredible. People have to hear that. And and today was basically a, a little snippet into what you both do now, which is huge. And your movement called Pinky Moves. I mean, we want to talk about all this. Yes. Well, yeah. let's do it again. Let's let's. We'll, we'll. Absolutely. Is it taking a minute and how do people get touched and what your what your social media? How they can, how they get that you? So, so one, if you're interested in my book, you can find it on my website. It's mm -hmm. it's there on my website. Uh, you can go follow me on social media, Brees Alfaro. Uh, also on IG and um, IG and, is, IG is Brisa underscore Alfaro underscore mm -hmm. and Facebook, or you could just go to BreesAlfaro.com. It should lead you back there. Um, Jason and I are be greater official and we can, you'll find that throughout our website. Yeah. Um, it'll, it'll name, all lead back. What is the name of your book? Please. My book, my book is called limitless small moves to your greatest life after a paralyzing stroke. And Ooh. that's unavailable Amazon. Also, I put a link in the, in the YouTube video. And Jason, awesome. what is the name of your book, bro? The name of my book is, is called Break the Cycle, um, From Suicide to a Life of Limitless Possibility. And also, wow. I put a link in the, in the YouTube video to Jason. Because thank you, I, thank I you. I want to thank both you for being here. Thank you so much. I look forward to asking you. Can we ask Yeah, we need to hear Jason's story yeah. too one day. Yeah. Yes, you do. It's amazing. Absolutely. Thank you, too. You're awesome. We yeah. love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for having, for having us. us. Bye, guys.